As you can tell, tonight uh, is a little different. I've invited Jeff Newell, our Director of Family Ministries, to join me as we do this service in tandem together uh, in doing that. And we now want to come as we think of our worship of a great God who has sacrificed his son for us to uh, have a conversation around this issue of Good Friday. Jeff, um, I think Good Friday is an interesting time in which we can uh, appropriately talk about sorrow uh, in the Christian life and in the church. And certainly as we think about uh, COVID-19, it's applicable because I think many of us are feeling sorrow, whether we know someone uh, that's struggling with the virus. Uh, we certainly hear in the news of those who are passing and there's fear that creates sorrow. There's all, all kinds of, of sorrow in this. And there's a, a really nice biblical word that helps us talk about sorrow uh, in the scriptures. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible uh, devoted to the reality of this word. Uh, it's lament. Uh, so as we start um, a discussion tonight about uh, appropriate sorrow in the Christian life, uh, why don't you take a shot at... Uh, defining or talking about what lament is and, and maybe how that's even worked out in your own personal life. Sure. Yeah. So um, lament in short is a honest expression of grief. Uh, I think a lot of times the world has told us uh, and the expectation of the world is that we need to be strong mm. when we hurt. And that takes us to take this like sadness and this pain that we might feel um, from the reality of living in a messed up world. And we just kind of push it down instead of letting ourselves be honest with ourselves and with the world that we live in. And so lament is when you can just say, like, look, I am in a sad situation and it hurts. And you just express that with honesty. And so I, mean, I guess like one of, the, one of the examples that I've seen, um, I have had the opportunity is a terrible word for this. But um, you know, during my time in ministry, I've had multiple times when I've... Um, sort of been on the front lines of there's been a death with a young person that's unexpected and a lot of people are hurting. And um, it's interesting to watch how different people react to this. Um, I, I get it because it's just, it's hard. And, and, and so some people kind of try to avoid the pain, numb it, push it down, um, distract themselves to think about something else. And sometimes look, you're just a human that's coping with things and like that's going to happen. But there's this whole different response where you just say, yeah, this hurts. This hurts. And, I, and, and instead of walking away from this pain, I'm just going to walk through it and allow myself to not be okay and say when I'm not feeling okay um, as you continue to walk forward in that. Yeah, it's good. I um, also have walked through those uh, grief places of lament, certainly in the Lots of my dad, I too have um, been on the front lines. I actually did a funeral for uh, my son's best friend when he was at Paso Kimi at 15, and I resonate with that. But you know what? Lament also isn't just around the loss uh, and grief. It, uh, one, some of the times that I think I have uh, felt more lament is even in transitions in life, right? Uh, you're getting ready to do that here at Covenant, so I don't want to lay this on you, but the reality is is missing the people that you have loved uh, for so long and, and the uncertainty of the transition, uh, and there is 
uh, just all these mixed emotions and mixed feelings um, in, in that. So lament comes at lots of different times, sometimes surprises us. But I, I think you've already alluded to it, but let's, let's make it clear. Uh, is lament okay in the Christian life? <laughs> I mean, is it okay to be sorrowful? Is it okay to be sad a- as Christians in, in this life? Um, 100% yes. <laughs> Lament is so okay. And in reality, if, if we don't lament at some form, we're lying, either about ourselves or about the world that we live in. Um, lament is absolutely okay, and the honest response to the world that we are in is to do it. Um, now, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. Um, there's a beneficial way and there's a non-beneficial way to do this, but absolutely lament should be a part of our life. Yeah, good. I, I, I agree, I think, even to say that it should be necessary. I think that's what you're alluding to. It's like if we're not, uh, there's probably something wrong uh, in, in, in doing it. And I, I agree, too, with the reality of uh, being right ways and wrong ways. So maybe let's transition there because we look to the scriptures to help us understand the right way to lament. So I, I hope you get tonight as we think on this Good Friday that indeed it is right to lament. It is okay to experience sorrow in the Christian life. Now, we need to turn to the scriptures to help us to know how to do that well um, and to uh, do that in a way that is biblical. And so uh, tonight, uh, as we have been, uh, if you're just joining us, we've been this Easter uh, traveling through Easter in the Psalms. Um, tonight we turn to probably a familiar psalm, mostly because of the quote in the New Testament of this psalm. Uh, but I want to take a moment, us together, to look at this psalm, uh, Psalm 22. So if you have your Bibles nearby, uh, I really encourage you to pick them up or on your device of some sort uh, to look at Psalm 22 and, and flip there with us as we'll kind of work our way uh, through this psalm to see, again, that lament is good and healthy and uh, that there is uh, appropriate and good ways to, to do it. So Jeff, why don't you start us, just maybe, uh, let's prove the point, right, that lament is in the Bible here in the first couple of verses uh, of Psalm 22, if you, you, you read that for us and, and maybe give us some thoughts to it. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, this is Psalm 22, just verses 1 and 2, and it starts by saying this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. When I first read this, um, how many of us would be bold enough to use those words on a Sunday morning at church? I mean, we, we, we have this, this culture that says that I need to be happy when I go to church, that I need to be like, celebrating when I go to church. And, and a lot of us, if we said these words at church, someone would be like, oh, no, no, honey, no, you, you need to just like somehow push that to the side. And, like, we'll, we'll know if, if we do not allow ourselves to, to be honest, then um, we are being less honest than the Bible is. Uh, so, yeah. And there is such depth to the reality of this as well. So you think of David, and we're not certain where he is as he pens these words, but he is in a place that he feels indeed um, deserted, abandoned 
uh, by God. So whether it's a, a point in which Saul is after him uh, in, in trying to kill him, whether it's in the wake of uh, his son Absalom, who also is trying to, to kill him. There, there are numerous moments in David's life where this could be the case, but I, I feel that the depth, so it's not even a, it's okay to be sorrowful. It's like, God, where are you, right? So like when I pray, uh, I, I know you're there, but I, I don't sense that you're there <laughs> um, in, in a place that I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. And so not only the reality of lament, but the depth of, of lament uh, in, in that as well. I, I'm mindful of um, uh, Big Daddy Weave. He, he's written this song called uh, I Know, and he says, you don't answer all my questions but you hear me when I speak. You don't keep my heart from breaking, but when it does, you weep with me. You're so close that I can feel you when I've lost the words to pray, and though my eyes have never seen you, I've seen enough to say that you are good, right? I, uh, maybe a, a modern psalm of lament by Big Daddy Weave, and um, I'm, I'm just thinking that there are a lot of people out there, Jeff, that have felt that place and that depth of a time in which Indeed, it feels as if God has abandoned them, forsaken them. And to feel that place and the depth of that place that David feels uh, in here as well. Uh, and just uh, the freedom that we have to acknowledge it. Yeah. To acknowledge it. But <laughs> we keep reading, right? So there's this interesting thing about David or there's this, this hammer that seems to have come down of uh, of. Uh, of mourning of lamenting uh, in the absence of God. And yet in verse three, this very big word yet, <laughs> uh, he says, yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. So here, here the depth of David, and then it's like, yeah, but I know you're good. <laughs> I, I know you're holy. I know that you're enthroned on the praises of Israel. I, I, I can remember, I can look in the rearview mirror and, and remember that in days past, even in my life, but even in my ancestors' lives, of the times in which uh, it appeared that you were absent and yet you were faithful in those moments. And so David, from the depth of his lament, his abandonment from God to a place of, but man, I know you're good. I know you're good. Thoughts to, to, oh, to that end? Yeah, I, I know it's, um, so some of the conversations I've had just among the young adult community, uh, one of the things that we both love and absolutely hate is Netflix. <laughs> because Netflix will just suck you in for a long period of time and just like keep you alone in your own little space. And like, we want that. But we just find ourselves at the end of that. We just feel like we've just spiraled down into this dark hole. And so one of the things that we, realize look, this is a muscle you have to have is to be able to speak to your heart with your head. Mm. And so you say, look, I, I am, I'm, I'm just like, I, I felt so down and negative and I needed to realize like, look, this is not like what I feel is not exactly in keeping with the reality that I know to be true. And so there's a necessity to be able to speak to what your heart and what you're feeling with your brain and what you know to be true. Boy, that's, that, that's good. Just to rest in truth, even when you don't feel that, that truth and, and the reality of that, uh, so good. And it's exactly, I think, what, what David is here. It's not as if he's schizophrenic or all, all over an emotional roller coaster. He's just in his depth 
remembering, using that muscle to recognize that God is indeed holy. Um, but then what's amazing, too, is that yeah. um, we like to think that if we just bring the right kind of attitude or the right solution to our pain and our problems, that we can just fix them and it'll be okay. And that's not true because, you know, from, from verses 3 to 5, he is you know, encouraging himself with the truth. And then in verse 6, he calls himself a worm again. <laughs> and just, you know, as we're going through like this, the, the cycles of the deep darkness of the world and our own selves, um, it's, it's, it's not like there's just a, a one-button fix and all of a sudden it's okay. There, there's a randomness yeah. to grief. Yeah. There's a randomness to dealing with pain. And you can go about it all the right ways and it's just going to pop back up again. Um, yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's almost as if he's exercising that muscle and then reality sinks back in, right? It, and it's almost ping-pong-ish to go back and forth. The friends of mine uh, that have taught me so much uh, about life are uh, some friends who are in uh, recovery from addictions in their life. And there's this thing in recovery uh, that everybody tries to avoid it's called spiritual bypass, right? In, in the reality that you, you feel the weight and the pain of your addiction. Oh, but Jesus saved my soul, right? And, and we just completely bypass all of the pain. And, and what people in addiction will tell you is you can't do that because you're going to end up right back in the pain. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you have to begin to apply the gospel uh, to your pain and actually walk back through your pain and do it. And there's a sense, and that's what David's doing. Here's my pain. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yet I know you're good. Yet I know I'm a worm <laughs> and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. And so it's, he's right back in that place. And yet here the ping pong battle continue in verse 9. Um, there's another yet, <laughs> right? So, so from grief and lament to hope, to grief and lament, to hope, here it is, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. On you as I cast from my birth, verse 10, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. And so here he's back again to the faithfulness of God and exercising that muscle again the back and forth. And, and I hope people, as they listen tonight, as we've experienced in our own lives, that this is, this is life <laughs> and that it's okay uh, and that God, God, is, God is in it. And yet he continues, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Verse 12, read, read, read verse 12. Here we, we're verse back 12. again. Spectrum um, says, Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. I dare one of you to say that on a Sunday morning. Um, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a postured, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. Just goes Boom. right back. Uh, and just, yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and, and as, as we were talking earlier just about this, I think one of the thoughts that is just so fascinating and like, can help us realize the necessity to invite lament and grief into our life. So culture has told us that we need to be happy. Mm. And yet, how do we deal with the fact that there's something about sad songs mm. that attracts us? Just mm. a sad melody can almost bring this sweetness mm. to our life. Mm. Um, and just this... It, because it's almost as if like this, this, the fact that I need to be happy is 
it doesn't fit with the reality of the world that we live in. And so time and again, time and again, even though he has this hope, he comes back to the reality of the world that he lives in, just the reality of how he feels. Yeah. Um, and in a sense, what it is, is just being honest, which we all would say is a good thing. And, and it's interesting in this case, too, David transitions from something that's very much inside him, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like God has forsaken me. I recognize that I'm a worm, but now I'm, I'm kind of looking outside of myself and I see all these people coming after me <laughs> and, and I'm scared. I, I, I don't know in the reality of COVID-19 if anybody's kind of felt like this virus is like surrounding me. We watch those maps and, and the counties start lighting up in different colors and around the world and we see these big red dots, right, of coming in. You feel like, oh my gosh, now I'm looking outside of myself and I see something coming into me and, and now my depravity is all in a different place and my sorrow and lament is in a different place. And, and so he's looking out and he's going, man, there's, there's strong bulls coming at me. I mean, there's people a lot stronger than me that are coming after me and feeling again um, that place of despair uh, in doing it. But, but I also think about this as, as far as David is concerned, especially as you think about going from the internal to the external that if these little reminders of verses 3 through 5 and verses 9 through 11 um, aren't but safety nets that actually, to use your words, uh, make that muscle stronger, right? Uh, And so it's almost as if it's okay if I begin to think about these things that could potentially hurt me or throw me in despair Mm -hmm. uh, because I, I now know that I... I have something from God that equips me for dealing with these things, especially the things on the outside world. Um, and so in, in verse 19, he kind of comes back. It's, it's uh, this place really, I, I think it's, it's a pivotal place in this psalm where it almost turns into a, a prayer. He says, but you, O Lord, do not be far off. Uh, I, I need that muscle. I need you in my life to face these things. Oh, you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. All these things that are coming after me. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. So it's like this back and forth, back and forth that leads to a prayer like, God, just, I'm at my wits and just help me. And I wonder if, if that indeed is a place where many might find themselves uh, in the midst of the virus, but just in the midst of life circumstances in, in doing it. Then, uh, Jeff, maybe you would uh, want to read the remainder of this psalm, uh, just because I think there's one final transition that he makes, right? So, from my Lord, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, to, oh, God, you are good, to, I'm a worm, oh, but there's these people coming after me, to a prayer of deliver me, it ends up in these last verses of this psalm in a place of worship. Why don't you, yep. why don't you which, which, which verse to start? Start at 22. 22, awesome. Um, it says, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him, you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, and he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. 
Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him, and shall bow all who go down to the dust. Even to the one who could not keep himself alive, posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. Man, so we, we end in worship, right? David, in the midst of this struggle, back and forth battle, still comes at the end of this psalm. And, and he says, I, I know he's heard me. <laughs> and I know he's faithful. And so therefore, I, I declare that faithfulness and I worship him. I will tell of uh, the name of God to the brethren. I will tell uh, of the, the name of God to the world uh, in, in my worship. He comes to this place. Uh, but I, I want us to be careful. It's not spiritual bypass. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, his heart is still heavy mm-hmm. as he comes to worship God. Thoughts uh, with regard to that place of worship? Oh, man. <laughs> so um... much. All right, so hopefully, hopefully this isn't too far out there. Um, Go for it. I'm going to talk about sports. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my brain just goes there. So one of the coolest things to watch is a great comeback. Mm. Um, the problem is a lot of great comebacks, a lot of people aren't around to watch it. You, know, you watch the end of the game and the, the crowd is all gone because it got to this deep, dark moment and everyone's just like, look, I can't deal with this, and they left. Um, and so what's amazing is actually if you have a chance to go back and watch maybe on TV a comeback or something, the place you first want to go isn't the highest point. You want to go to the lowest point. And you just want to sit there in the lowest point in what feels like that pain so you can just watch the glory of that thing being coming about the, the, of the comeback and then just the, the final winning shot or winning hit or whatever that might be, the winning touchdown. And so... Um, the, the, the greatest celebration belongs to those who do not bypass the deepest, darkest places. Mm. It's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, all right, Jeff, somebody at home's going, it's Good Friday. We're supposed to be talking about Jesus' death. What in the world does this have to do with Jesus' death? Well, uh, there is one place that is obvious uh, in this psalm that connects this psalm as a, as a messianic psalm. Uh, to the death of, of Jesus. Uh, you want to help us uh, make that connection uh, in, in, in doing that as well? Oh, man. Well, <clears throat> a couple places. One, uh, we can start simply with the fact that Jesus says verse 1 when he's on the cross. Uh, he says, uh, I'm, I'm going to mispronounce, but, but he says, Lama Lama Sabachthani, which yeah. is just, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so Jesus comes back and he, and he quotes this, and we, we don't know exactly why. I mean, we, we know, one, that, that we believe this is the moment that God turns his back on Jesus because our sin is on Jesus instead of on us, which is just huge and profound. But then as we were talking earlier, just you know, maybe wondering, even in this moment, does Jesus want to lead us into a time of lament? When we consider what he was doing on the cross, should there be some lament in us? And so when we think of all the things that we could grieve about in the world, yes, with COVID-19, or what was hard and different, um, and in many ways more painful than it has been, um, 
one of the things that has brought us, that's brought me so much pain, I would assume it's the same for us as well, is our own sin. Um, when, when, when we consider just the, the pain that our sin has brought us and those around us, the, the, just the feelings of shame that we want to just like stuff down somewhere, they just keep coming back up. And then it brings that question, you know, what, what, do, what do I do with that? Should my response be just to kind of push it to the side and keep on living and deal with it when it comes up? Or maybe as we have these feelings of shame that come up, what if we lament and just sit in those as well? Yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, the thought that Jesus, who is the Son of God, uh, on the cross, as you say, bearing our sins, feels deserted by God, uh, abandoned. Uh, forsaken uh, by God because he carries the depth of those sins. Uh, one of the things that you said earlier that I think is important to think about as well is that and if Jesus has gone there, um, isn't it good company when we feel the same <laughs> mm. uh, about that place of abandonment, that place of forsakenness uh, in, in doing that? And so yet again, it's this invitation to a place of lament. Um, and at the same time, this realization of the depth uh, of our sin and the enmity, the, the, the ways in which it makes us an enemy of God as it rests upon Christ on that cross. Uh, this psalm is a messianic psalm as a whole as well. And one of the things that I've thought about as well is that maybe uh, this is a bit conjecture, although I think others have made the same point, that maybe as Jesus only repeated verse 1, he was actually drawing us back to the psalm as a whole. Uh, that from the cross, those words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, was in Aramaic so that even uh, all could hear and understand and, and maybe uh, all be drawn back to Psalm 22 to say, it's okay to have sorrow, but yet know that I am good. <laughs> That you might recognize that I'm a worm, that there are people who are coming after me, but that God is still faithful, that we might pray and that we might come to, to worship as well. So uh, finally, maybe in this discussion, though we could probably sit here for an hour <laughs> and have these discussions, uh, it leads us to this table, uh, very much so in, in how you began to lead us there in recognizing um, our own sins. So as we think of Christ on the cross we think of the reality of our sin upon him that drives him to a place of lament, of feeling forsaken. And yet, isn't it glorious to know that though we may feel the shame and guilt of our sin, uh, Christ says, that now therefore, uh, Paul says in Romans 8, now therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Christ Jesus has bore that. And it's what we come to remember. Uh, in this table. Uh, people at home, we want to give you a chance to reflect on some of the things that we've reflected on uh, tonight. We also want to give you a chance to prepare the elements in your home uh, for communion, but uh, we wanted to do that uh, in the context of a song uh, that we might sing to together. Uh, it's a song, it's a, an old hymn that is good to sing on Good Friday. Um, it's a song that I think uh, reflects on the things that we've talked about uh, here today uh, that says, when I survey the wondrous cross. So let's, let's think about that as we 
as we sing together these words. Um, I, I, I wanted to pull out uh, something, if I can find it quickly in my notes. Yeah, I, th- these words are, are, are too good to just fly by. Could we think about this, that as we survey the wondrous cross, we think of our own lament, of our own sin, and understand uh, that the Prince of Glory has bore them, has died for them, that my richest gain I count but loss, and therefore I'll pour contempt on all my pride. Uh, forbid it, Lord, that, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. And then, then this verse, see from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Even the hymn writer recognized sorrow and love, which don't seem to go together, (laughs) fit together at the cross. That lament and love uh, come together at the cross and at this table. So people of God, uh, prepare your elements, uh, maybe more so prepare your hearts as we sing this great hymn of the faith.